0: can't
1: do it i'm doing the podcast we'll do it live we'll do it live giants fans welcome to big blue all year the podcast that brings you new york football giants content all year long where your host toe tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar tonight's episode of big blue all year is not brought to you by anyone insert sponsor here don't forget to follow on Twitter at big blue all year and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found adult content ahead. Cause you know, we're doing it live. All right. It's the burger boys tonight. You know where his priorities are. Hockey playoffs whoop de doo but tomorrow you're getting big Mac talking about injury prone and some videos of Saquon, So very exciting stuff to lead you into your holiday weekend. Hopefully you're all out there celebrating with your families and you know what? Officially starting next week, the road to opening night versus the Broncos begins. But first, let's get through some headlines. So, Disciple, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. We touched on this last week, but I got to know Kadarius Tony, are you officially concerned yet or not?
0: Nah, no, absolutely not. I don't give a fuck about this guy's rap career. I don't give a fuck what happens off the field. All that I care about is that he's healthy and shows up on game day. I don't care what he does between now and then.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's talk about that then because that's the concern. The dude was off the field every single day of OTAs or, or um, uh, the, the early part. He didn't even show up for some days. And then, you know, equipment issues and uh, this, yeah. that, you know, was limping – I I I,
0: I get how some Giant fans are getting concerned, but like it's all non-stories. It's only story production because I mean, for sure, the guy's shoes don't fit. I mean, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) I do like that he stayed on the field to play though, and he had
0: a family emergency, dude. Like I'm not like all these, you know, some of the older generation Giant fans are not happy. I get it.
1: I mean, you take another wide receiver in round one after, you know, pontificating on this idea that the Giants are trying to change the culture over the last few years. That's why we shipped Odell. That's why we did some of these other things, supposedly. Although I agree with those moves. How do you stand up and talk about culture and getting clean, quality, you know, upstanding gentlemen and then get a guy that has off the field issues or has, you know, whether or not we'll, we'll see how serious those are. I, I, there's Which some- ones like- for Tony? For Tony. Yeah.
0: What off the field issues? He had the gun in his car. It
1: yeah, was not even a real gun. It it wasn't.
0: Guess what? I don't care what any free American does, if they're carrying guns or what. But obviously, my my, uh, you know, opinion and the government's opinion are different on that. Anyway, well, i don't
1: know the, the government I, well, well it is florida right huh
0: isn't it florida dude what the fuck can't you like walk in with a bazooka and they don't say
1: shit <laughs> All I, know is that I was living in arkansas and a dude had a rifle in walmart just like no it wasn't it was like a walmart grocery store it didn't even have like the hunting location and oh. he was just i oh, was quite concerned and people didn't give a shit also I mean, by the way i'm pretty sure Tony had a loaded AR-15 in the backseat of his car when he got pulled over in 2018.
0: So just- uh, I, no, no, I, I understand. But who's not to say he's not a changed guy? And if Joe, Judge, if Joe Judge like thought enough of him to draft him in the first round when he knew that the reception wouldn't be great because a lot of people saw him as a late first, early second kind of guy, and Joe Judge had to get his guy, I trust him. And I trust that he's a changed man. I hope he is. I hope he's not hanging out with the same people that, you know, you, I mean, like I said, I have no problem with him carrying the gun, but a lot of people do. And the government does too in, in certain cases. You
1: yeah. Know, to be I, fair, he was in Florida. So, I mean, I mean in Florida, that's man, normal that's normal yeah. circumstance. What a time not to have burger on the pod that the Florida. man. Yeah, I
0: know. Really? the, the our, our resident Floridian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say what doesn't concern me are all of these talks about him just being a gadget player or someone is in the slot or a, a no, table. They're, they're Austin downplaying his two. possibilities. I mean dude, well, the guy me. Go ahead, sorry.
0: I mean, the guy, you know, quarterbacks in Florida had a pass rating of one fifty eight point three when he was targeted beyond twenty yards downfield. I mean isn't that like near perfect? Like, what's perfect? Uh, I believe in
1: other words, yes, a perfect passer rating. That is perfect.
0: it, right? At one fifty-eight point three, that's the yeah. perfect pass rating. And he was only targeted ten point seven uh, times over twenty yards. So he's really used.
1: No, 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 well, no, no, no. Ten point seven percent of his entire targets were were that.
0: That's what I said.
1: Oh, I what thought you I just said he was only targeted ten point seven times.
0: Like no, 10.7% of its targets were beyond. Ah, oh, yes, yes, and yes. I said, which would mean 90% were 19 yards and lower, about right. right? No, 89.3%. So, if yeah, if, uh, oh, if
1: percentage be, percentage, uh, I want to be very accurate, very technical. Um, I, so, dude, I, I The takeaway is you're not concerned. I'm not. No. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens as we get into training camp. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, let's let's hope for a very smooth uh, transition process into the training camp for Kadarius Tony. Really like his potential. I mean, the guy can pass too. He wanted to be a quarterback. You know, I I need to see some trickage, some uh, trickery, some uh, bootlegs. Like Jason Garrett needs to open the dictionary. It
1: doesn't have to be crazy. strategy uh, yeah, well, at least there will be players for that to happen, and we don't need to see... I mean, CJ I know Board. Evan Ingram is fast, but he's not a jet-sweep kind of guy. Maybe nah. at the line they've used him a few times, but... Uh, you know, Shepard is quick, but he's not straight line fast and they've used him in those. I, yeah, I think Tony is the first Tony's... guy that really fits the mold. And not
0: only that, he's like, I don't know, dude, that stutter step he has is like downright disgusting. I mean, he's like contorting these guys trying to tackle him and he can stop and start so quickly. That's really what, what his real appeal was. And you know what? Like, I, I think it, it has the possibility to add several dimensions to this offense. I can't really get much worse. <laughs> well, you that's, know what I mean?
1: that's a fact. Uh, it really well, can't, you know? Well, a big piece of getting better uh, is going to lay on the shoulders or rather the right shoulder specifically of Daniel Jones. And we're going to talk a lot about him in the coming weeks and certainly for the next six plus months. Uh, but we really, we're going to be talking about Daniel Jones nonstop to either he signs an extension or he's kicked off the team. So, you know, that's going to be a theme and oh, I know you and I roast pro football focus. And in my opinion, for good reason, but in this scenario, it is a positive check this out At a couple of weeks old, but we've been gone for a while. Daniel Jones was ranked the best deep passer in the NFL for the 2020 season completing 19 of 39 passes, five TDs, no interceptions, 134.3 passer rating beyond 20 yards downfield. Uh, Does that case hold water? Uh, Yes and no.
0: I like it. I like it. Listen, like I have to, you know, it is only 39 passes. That's not that many in in the terms of a whole season. He never really had that kind of time except for the Bengals game. You notice the Bengals game how on he was with those fucking deep balls, the one to Ingram to start the game. Then he had that one that was a short drop to Darius Slayton. And that's when I really like, I was like, okay, this kid got it. If we can get him time. But I mean, you know, offensive lines, another story, PFF. We roast all the time. Yes. It's one of those things that I hate when they're against my team, but I love when they're for my team. I mean, you know, sometimes you let your personal biases get in the way of uh, some legitimate analysis.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I mean we never claimed to be the most objective I, nah, people in the world. We're nah, we're I we're eye guys,
0: man. We just we watch it and we see. That's it.
1: I think PFF is a good piece of the puzzle. It's, it's a, a good, good measuring stick. Yes. And it has its flaws as well, of course. Yes. As and and specific position and specifics, Like, I think their offensive line um, evaluation is flawed. Whatever it is, there are just some games that after the game, they're like, yeah, this guy was the best offensive lineman on the team. It's like, you know, did you watch the game though? Like that can't be possible. So, and to that point, despite these statistics – and I do think Dan Jones is a better deep ball uh, passer than Giants fans give him credit for. To your point, hasn't had weapons, doesn't have the time. But I remember the Bucks game very vividly. I was texting um, uh, one of my buddies uh, spin during that whole game, and there were multiple, multiple wide-open downfield passes that he either didn't see or was off the mark. You make one of those, and I think the Giants take that game. <sighs> So I, I know one game does not. That was the, make I know, but there was games, how many
0: of those games were the you know you were you needed a, you needed a fourth quarter comeback or a last second score that I feel like just happens all too often when it's against the Giants, right? You know what I mean? And it just it just couldn't happen this year. Sucks.
1: It's it's a nice stat to hear. It gives yeah. me some optimism, but exactly. it just does not pass the eye test, in my opinion.
0: No, okay. we need to see, and I I really hope that you know. Like we said, that the whole offense can't get much worse. I mean, it sucks because I feel like Daniel did kind of like regress, man. Like it's, it's fucked. I mean, you know, between everything, I really hope that you know last year was just an anomaly for everything, except for the defense.
1: <laughs> well, which leads me to my next point.
0: Oh, beautiful segue! Don't
1: smoke crack, but. <laughs> Okay <laughs> sorry I can't say and it leads me to the next point without just immediately <laughs> going uh, water it's impossible and I'm a sick pup so well um, continuing with pro Football Focus' is, uh, uh, pro on Giants here, they actually came out with an article naming Xavier McKinney as a second year breakout candidate. Oh. How do you feel about that?
0: I love it. I feel like we only got a small preview. You know, we, he only played what well, six, seven games. There was one. You know, he, yeah, he, he, and with PFF, he scored pretty good too. I think he's got you know a lot of potential. I feel like this the secondary is pretty crowded, and we're gonna have to choose. And you know, McKinney might end up being the best one. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? It's uh, he's only what twenty one years old, dude.
1: He's I mean, so for young. me, this is like a no shit. Sure yeah i mean
0: exactly it, it, i mean dude they have to make the content every day like that how hard is that to make football content every day in the off season like it's not it's not easy but they just really uh, like to ruffle feathers that's my biggest fucking beef with pff on twitter they're coming out with like these blasphemous i mean blasphemous lists and there's people reacting and reacting and that it's like oh why are you doing that like you're tarnishing your name My name!
1: John Proctor. In the lifetime of this podcast, how many Crucible references are we going to fit in here? Uh, Mind you. uh, Also, McKinney turns 22 on August 8th. So you were right. He's he's 21. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, the guy was a top, uh, a high draft pick, talked about (laughs) prospects. played well in his limited snaps coming off a serious injury. I think of sure, whatever that means, he's a breakout candidate. Yes. If by virtue of the fact he's going to play a whole season and be an integral part of what should be the strength of a team. So, um, you know, you're absolutely right. All right. Moving on. Bleacher reports. Fuck that up. (laughs) Bleacher reports reports. On Kyle Rudolph, what was this about? I didn't even read it. What, what,
0: uh, it just said Kyle Rudolph is one of the most overlooked signings in the whole NFL offseason, which I agree with. I feel like you know he's not talked, he's not really like talked about. But at the same time, like it's a major addition to right, this offense. I'm,
1: I'm going to give you a reason why he's not talked about. You tell me why this article makes sense. And okay. I, I don't want to be negative, but let's facts are facts. He's a on the wrong side of thirty. Uh huh had a foot surgery during this off season and is coming off two years of significantly below his average career statistics. Okay. Why should I be excited for our tight end? Well, hold
0: on the tight end position that he was doing in Minnesota was way more blocking than he had ever done before. And he's on the record talking about that, that he didn't want to just block it. he learned how to block. He learned how to do it very good. But he wasn't, he's not going out like, do like contributing to the offense like he wished, which I feel like is a big part of why maybe he signed with the Giants. I mean, dude, and, and these tight ends, they play wild too. I mean, how old is he? 30, 31, 32?
1: I want to say 32 off the top of my head. But I, I mean, dude, he's, that.
0: he's still like, I still think he's going to be able to play at a, at least a pretty high level. If anything, you throw it up to him in the red zone and hope he comes down with it.
1: <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll turn 32 during the season. All right. That's not that bad. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's not um, that. Bad. All right. Well, uh, g- consider me cautiously optimistic, but I'm not going to go out on the limb and say he's the most underrated signing. I don't know.
0: He said one of the one, not. Okay. So, so uh, yet again, there's a I collection can't... of names uh, w- sure. in which this article was written. We're throwing darts. We're, oh, we're
1: yeah. throwing darts. All right. Lastly, a fun one here. New put out a poll this week. Of what was the best play from the 2011 Super Bowl season? Which one do you got? These are the finalists. Giants fans, if you're listening, I hope for one moment you just sit there, sit back, close your eyes, (laughs) and just wherever you were listening, watching, that this takes you back. Because I know when I saw it and watched those clips – just for one brief, Nim, num, 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 num. one brief beautiful moment, I was transported back to a happier time. So, your two options out there, listeners and Mr. Disciple Victor Cruz, 99 yards against the Jets, Snoopy Bowl, that Rex Ryan blusterous fool, or Manning to Manningham, Super Bowl sideline catch. Yeah, uh, it's easily. I
0: I do love both moments very, very dearly, but it's got to be that Manningham catch. It's got, there's no, it's got to be, I'm sorry. It's got to (laughs) be the timing, the, the just like precision on that. It's one of the best thrown catch sequences in NFL history. First of all, second of all, the timing at which it happened during the game, it was an absolutely crucial completion and first down on that drive to score the game winning points.
1: You know, it, it's very hard for me to say that you're wrong. So I won't say that. I'll just say that I'm right.
0: Because, because you're choosing the cruise.
1: I got to go cruise, baby. All right.
0: I, I, I understand. Cruise. I understand your reasoning. And hold on. I just want to say that moment on Christmas Eve was unbelievable. But it, for the first time, because we were only seven and seven going into that game, if I remember correctly, and the last two years were not kind to us. 2009 we go 8 and 8 and miss the playoffs. T- 2010 obviously, you know, we go 10 and 6 and miss the playoffs. I was not feeling good going into this game. I swear to god and it was it started slow.
1: Oh, it was if terrible.
0: I, it was it was torture. And I'm like, dude, like we cannot lose cuz I was like really close with uh, some Jeff fans at the time and I knew they would talk a bunch of shit and I wasn't trying to hear it. So, you know, and and I, let me throw you yet. an
2: honorable mention, real quick, from that season: Ahmad Bradshaw's Super Bowl butt touchdown.
1: Oh, um, I was gonna say his his uh destruction the numbers falling of off pool in that same Jets game. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, or or his numbers
2: falling off in the rain. Ahmad Bradshaw had some crazy moments that season.
1: Honestly, Shaman, I think that comment is actually from his rookie season in the Buffalo Bills game in that snow rain game. Yeah, that's from two thousand seven. Yeah, oh, he's shit. Yeah. But <laughs> Whatever. that dates the us, two,
2: the, the two thousand eleven butt touchdown, like Put, nah, yourself, in I, I like, Put nah. yourself in that shoes. Put yourself in that. I'm scoring the fuck, taking a knee on the point one yard line. I don't know if I'm ever coming back. Nah,
0: you hear, you I'm hear the defensive lineman uh, in uh, like America's game or some shit. They're like, "Nah, we gotta let him score. Let him score. Let him score right now." <laughs> and, uh, again, I'm also, I would score too Because who
2: knows when you're ever going back there I'm scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, baby
0: oh, But still, we left Brady with too much time know, We're so lucky scary. We are Look so lucky Wes so, Welker so did not come stressed. to play Because Wes Welker dropped a lot Nine years A lot ago. of passes not, not anybody else really Gronk had, but he was injured But Wes Welker had like so, a series of bad drops In the third and fourth quarter Thank God they didn't convert those
1: the so let me tell you the my my jets game story that night and this is a this is a story that lives in my family's uh history books so the my whole family are giant fans we also happen to be you know uh, italian catholics roman catholics so christmas eve is when we do um uh, christmas mass and we go afternoon mass. I think usually four o'clock. So I assume it was a one o'clock game, if, if memory serves. It um, was, and or maybe it was a four o'clock. Either no, it had to be a one o'clock game. It was because like I remember we watched the first quarter or the first half before we had to get to mass. For those of you who don't go to Christmas Eve mass in an Italian uh, uh, town, you gotta be there like two hours beforehand, and you're fighting off these. We would go at midnight. Sometimes. Like well, so yeah, there are midnight masses, but we, we do four o'clock. So we, it was uh, straight out of the league, respect the pause, respect the pause. Everyone in the family turned off their phones. We didn't look at our updates. We did, we were telling people around us, don't talk about the game. We have it on DVR, you know, it, again, all of this talk about the battle for New York leading up to this game and we get home and my brother-in-law is he had to run back to his house to do something with the kids. So my brother is my dad. We're all sitting there. We're sitting there and we're like, no, we got to wait for him. We got to wait for him. You know, just the respect we were respecting the pause. You know, the DVR is there. We're just chopping at the bit. His mother. So my, my brother-in-law's mother walks into the house and she goes to my mother. What are, are they, are they watching the Giants game? Uh, and she's like, yeah. So, well, what are they all tense about? They already won. And you just were like, no! Ah! I'm like, yes! Like my <laughs> like, like it was pure pandemonium because we were both jacked up that the game we won, but also just hours of silence and, and hiding from scores and waiting to watch the game. They're like, ah, oh, what are they all upset about? They won the game. Huh. So, for me, it is a little biased because that that just sticks in my soul and will be a story with us forever. But again, I can't tell you that you're wrong about the Manningham uh, situation. So, um, oh
0: well, well, you know, I mean, I knew those are going to be the final two. I mean, and but when when Cruz went with that, that's when I really realized like we might have some magic this
1: season. Oh, it's beautiful, and just a little weeps at the end too. You know, over. Oh. and then I oh, mean, I still will say at the end of that game, bro, uh, I think it's Brodney Pool, the safety or cornerback for the Jets. Right. Just absolutely demolished. Well, he was
0: talking Bradshaw. shit about Brad Shaw, wasn't he? Yeah. Wasn't he the same one that said he ran like an alligator?
1: No, I thought someone, oh, was it him?
0: I think it might have been. That's why made it so sweet. There was so much. Somebody and him. Rex Ryan with his shit. Like, I never hated the Jets. I just hated Rex Ryan because he's just a clown show. Like, fuck that guy.
1: Hundred percent. I never had any problems with the Jets, but I have I, ever since Rex Ryan. I'm like, yeah, fuck them. Like, I don't hate them, but like, I, man, lo- I love Rex Ryan. Nah, he's yeah, a I fucking. Think the downfall Lardo. of the
2: Jets. The downfall of the Jets was firing him first.
1: <laughs> fascinating take. A fascinating. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, really. Is it, it's why right. Don't, uh, why, don't, why don't you give us uh, give us some news here?
2: Has this ever been you? There's no good Giants content on the internet. Well, look no further than Big Blue All Year on Twitter. Follow us on all social media platforms at Big Blue All Year. Now, back to the
1: show. All right, so introducing a brand new segment because we know you people do not have the time that we do to be reading every Giants article out there. But we're sick fucks. So, It's time to put these pros under the microscope. Up first, Big Blue View. Look, big fan of their work. If you're listening to this podcast and you are not reading Big Blue View, fascinating decision for you. But I would advise checking them out. Really enjoy their content. But the article that was posted three days ago is titled, Things I Think about the Combine, the Giants O-Line and more. It's a running segment this idea of Things I Think by I think one of their head writers Ed Valentine. Ed Valentine.
0: He's definitely from like Buffalo or something the way he talks.
1: Yeah, and he always talks about like driving so far anytime he's got to go to the He facility.
0: he's an older guy I think too. He's he's a grandfather. Is he? I listen to his podcast sometimes.
1: The um yeah, I, I haven't really listened to him, but I, oh, I enjoy it's all his good. writing. Um, no, I do too. I just don't always agree with his takes. And I think yeah. sometimes he's a bit of a Homer. And so Casey- honestly,
0: everybody is,
1: uh, well, <laughs> we're going to find right out. We? Because <laughs> the very right. first, uh, the, the, the first part of this article is another vote of confidence for the offensive line. And I'll give you the synopsis. Basically we've all heard it that anytime someone has talked to this offseason about the concerns about the offensive line, is like, well, you're not taking into account that the Giants feel better about their offensive line than you guys do. And the takeaway here was that, uh, is it Trey or Try? Uh, I think
0: it's Try, because I think Trey Turner, Turner. Isn't Trey Turner the baseball player? Eh,
1: yeah, Some, that's, <laughs> that's a burger question. Uh, the Either way, Turner signed... Uh, not with the Giants. Where did he sign? Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, was it? Yes, you're right. Absolutely. It was Pittsburgh. So, uh, the, the point of this uh, piece of the article was saying that the Giants not going after a guy like Turner is another, um, sign that the Giants are comfortable with their starting five offensive linemen, which for those of you who might not be aware, most likely starting five is going to be Andrew Thomas. Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Will Hernandez switching to the right guard, and then either Matt Pert or Nate Solder. So my question to you is, why are we okay with that? And why do Giants writers keep beating the drum that? Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's, it's cool, you know. Yeah, they, they feel better than we do, so you know, shut up, and it's gonna be cool. <sighs>
0: Yeah, this is a troubling situation because a lot of fans are not I mean, it's it's without a doubt the the biggest question mark on this team. And uh, you know, you lost the best guy in Zeitler to the Ravens. So, you know, I I, I don't feel great about it either, but I mean it, are we are we making that inference that because they didn't sign Turner or they weren't Uh, they didn't appear to be in the running. Does that mean they weren't interested or they're not interested in bolstering the offensive line? Are they okay with what they have? I think that's a bit of a, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're making inferences. You're putting words in their mouth possibly.
1: Well, this is, you're right. I think people are putting words in the giants mouth, but here are two quotes from this article. One is a Dave Gettleman quote. It's really apparent that we have a little more confidence in our offensive linemen than you guys do. <laughs> as Gentlemen said after the draft and oh. then Ed Valentine writes, instead of looking outside for answers, the giants are trusting their own talent evaluation and their revamped offensive line coaching group to make it work. Uh-huh. I have said this many times, but I think, no, I know. I'm okay with that. I feel like this. Why has a- Ed? I'm- Why? <laughs> Why are you helping this narrative? I don't know that
0: exactly, and I think this is you know this kind of has a big potential to blow up in Gettleman's face, and he'd had a pretty good off season, but we'll see what kind of team is uh, put put forth here.
2: Mac, I'm gonna say something, um, but it's pretty much just to make you upset.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Young players get better over time.
1: You're not playing Madden, Shaman. <laughs> this isn't Madden. EA Sports. <laughs> I just get.
2: I just knew that you wouldn't like that.
1: It's, uh, because in a theoretically you're I right mean, but why did will hernandez had a great uh, year my dude was on the bench the second half of this year
0: well I dude know, I, I i know i'm going I, here's another thing i'm kind of going out on a limb here but i do think that COVID really might have fucked with will hernandez okay,
1: he, he did have COVID year before and he's been mediocre at best yeah
0: he had a great rookie year though that's the thing
1: like it's it's there
0: it's i don't know what it is
1: all we'll I'm going to say out. is that this narrative that we should be that the Giants know better and you should be OK with it and shut the fuck up is outrageous and insulting. And I hope to God that I'm wrong, but I will repeat again that the worst offensive line in football made the addition of taking away their best offensive lineman and are saying, no, trust us, we got this. I am not okay with that. And Ed Valentine, I don't know why you are. Moving on before I have an aneurysm. Your <laughs> favorite boy disciple, Mark Ross, says huh. bad news for the Giants. Same article here. Goes on to say that the Washington football team will have the best defense in the league, though. <laughs> and obviously is a concern because the Giants will have to play them twice. Uh, I mean, are last year they were –
0: pretty fucking good too they had one of the best pass defense and they still i mean you know they they probably got better Jamon davis this isn't a crazy thing to say but it's also i don't know i mean mark ross i mean let's be honest carl banks i'll, I'll never forget this quote by the way on twitter carl banks years ago this is probably like five six seven years ago on twitter carl Banks said mark ross has more duds than a web pack of firecrackers
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it just never gets old. Cause it's so fucking true. And <laughs> the fact that it came from Carl banks, just like what the fuck I love it. But yeah. uh, you know, he might, he may be right. And you know, but I still, I, I would still put their defense top five, regardless of what Mark Ross said.
1: Yeah, I agree. Fuck Mark Ross. I don't care about anything. He has to say, he might not be wrong here, but the giant. If there's any team that the Giants have figured out how to beat, which <laughs> they might big, be the only one. <laughs> right, and the Giants had the one of the worst offenses offenses in the league last year, and still managed to beat them twice. So, uh, am I saying that the Giants are not going to struggle against Washington? Am I saying that Mark Ross is wrong about them having the best defense? It's entirely possible. I'm sure the Rams will have something to say about that, but the uh, I, I just don't care about him. And uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, when
0: when when the mouth that uh, comes out with these words is just so fucking like uh, in your fucking mind, not a good look.
1: No. All (laughs) right. Last thing from this article, things I think there was a few other things. It's a, it's a decent rundown of some storylines. So if you're out there and want to read it, we just wanted to give you a little, put this under the microscope, give you a little synopsis. So ending this article on a positive note, Leo will big cat, baby is out in Hawaii, quote-unquote, living his best life. And based on these pictures, he absolutely is. Did you see any of this?
0: I did. He's in this waterfall and shit. He looks good for weighing as much as he does.
1: Dude, the guy is – I mean, I'll I'll look it up here, but he's got to be 300, right? At least. Because I know he's technically not like your traditional D tackle per se, but he's not an N either. Uh, I mean,
0: yeah, he's not technically – Nobody's technically anything. He's 6'5, 302 on the dot.
1: Okay. Allegedly. Man, hell, I am 5'10, 190. He is literally 115 pounds larger than me. And he looks so much better. He's <laughs> <laughs> dude is shredded. And he's, oh my God. Now look at this picture. That fish, whatever this is, this ahi tuna situation he's got going on, it's making me hungry. Um, Yeah,
0: honestly, I love these players going out and, uh, you know, doing them and finding themselves and whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes, you're going to get on the field and be great for the Giants. Like, I have no problem with anything you do.
1: Hey, (laughs) Mahalo, brother. All right, moving on. What do you got for us, Disciple?
0: Oh, boy. Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports has ranked Joe Judge the sixth worst head coach in the
1: league. But y'all don't say that. Okay. Okay. He borders
0: on silliness. That's what he says. I'm going to read you the exact excerpt. He's ranked 26th. Sometimes his no-nonsense tough guy act borders on silliness, like when he condemned the Eagles for refusing to get his own team into the playoffs. But the disciplinary spunk had the G-men flashing surprise confidence throughout 2020. The question is whether he's got what it takes to shepherd offensive growth, either with Daniel Jones, a quarterback, or someone else. I don't totally disagree with what he said, but what this guy is, I, gotta, I have to be noted that he is from Philadelphia. He is an Eagles fan, and obviously he's letting his personal fan bias dictate what he's writing here, at least a little bit
1: hundred percent. He sounds like a goddamn idiot. Look, whether or not you want to debate
2: about bias, that man's a
1: bitch. I mean, and he looks like a goddamn cuck as well. Yeah. No offense, Vinny Baccarella. If you're listening, we know you're not, but he looks like off brand you much, much (laughs) great value. Yeah. (laughs) Great great value brands. uh, Vinny Baccarella. Um, I mean, it's like, uh, I
0: don't know. you know. He, and he put Nick Sirianni from the Eagles right behind Joe Judge. It's like, that motherfucker hasn't coached a game yet. <laughs> what?
1: Okay, so there you go. It's I a blasphemous whole... article. We're Do you done. have the list in front of you?
0: Uh, let's see what this nipple boy said. Okay, the worst is David Cully of the Texans. Second worst is Dan Campbell. Then Zach Taylor. Then Robert Sala. Then Urban Meyer. Then Sirianni. Then Judge.
1: Okay, so here, here's the thing. Although, well, well, whatever. That's not a crazy
0: bad list, but. I
1: have no problem with Joe Judge right now being ranked as the 26th head coach. What, by by some, you know, limp dick motherfucker working for CBS Sports. I'm so sorry. If you're listening, you know, hire me, whatever. But, but yeah, okay. Six and ten record. The Giants, you know, offense was terrible. It, it, like, what metrics are we using to judge him, no pun intended, to be 26? That's not the problem. But the evaluation saying that he borders on silliness, and then the next sentence is, oh, but the discipline had the Giants confident. Like, how are you going to roast him for the, the man he is, not an act, just who he is by all accounts, and has been from day one, um, and then in the next sentence, be like, "Oh, but it's sort of working." Twenty six. Like you just sound like an idiot. And let's move it back up. In this same article, this I don't know if you saw this earlier in June. A guy by the name of Patrick Doherty for NBC Sports, um, also wrote an article ranking the giant uh, Joe Judge as one of the worst head coaches in football. And this is just why I lose it when I read some of these art- articles. He claimed Joe Judge felt like a quote football guy parody and then knocked his offense for not improving in its second year. This article in parentheses says, even though he was only a first year head coach. Like, it, the problem was Joe Judge's offense showed zero second year improvement. Like, how are you getting paid to write articles when the words you're saying don't make any sense? I mean, I, and I mean, dude, this guy, uh, uh, Benjamin.
0: He ranked uh, uh, Andy Reid ahead of Bill Belichick.
1: Where are they one and two right now, or what? Yes, the, they are one and two. I, I'm not gonna go crazy with that.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I, I wouldn't go crazy with that either. But then John Harbaugh and Sean Payton.
1: Actually, that's so not. I really can't argue with any. Yeah. I, I would say that one season not. Maybe, no, it's just that it, I, I
0: don't even care right about now. the ranking either. You're right. It's just the way that it's written. Is it's. <sighs>
1: It's like he just had a list and it's anti. Like, yeah, it's anti-Italian
0: for- discrimination.
1: <laughs> Son of a beach. Well,
0: that's from Sopranos.
1: The, I know. I'm 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 very embarrassed that I I'm not I haven't watched all of the Sopranos.
0: Oh.
1: Yet. Hey. Oh. I gotta watch it. I know. I I know that's not it, but I just think of Andrew Dice Clay anytime. <laughs> hey. Oh. Well, that does it for Under the Microscope and we're going to move into another brand new and frankly long awaited segment disciples digressions take it away sir
0: all right so uh, before we get going i just wanted to tell the story of me and my dad going to the hall of fame it's a great story i meant to i meant to tell it sooner with the passing of jim fossil i figured i would i would tell it now so in 2014 me and my dad Went to Canton, Ohio. My dad and I,
1: people are listening
0: and words matter. Okay. I don't give a fuck about grammar.
1: grammar the children. Think of the children.
0: Okay. My dad and I flew on a plane. Actually, the best part when we left, I knew this was a good omen. We actually met Doc Gooden on the fucking plane to go into Cleveland. Right? Really? Yeah. He was just on the plane. I was like, oh shit, Doc Gooden. Riding old. coach? Yeah. I nice. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but anyway i was like oh that's a good sign so you know we go to cleveland we do the hall of fame for the rock and roll and all that shit then we go to canton uh uh friday or saturday so this is like right before the enshrinement on saturday they have the uh or no the the enshrinement is sunday whatever whatever it was they uh they have it, and basically it's like a few hours. It's like two hours before, or like an hour before it's about to start. We're walking over, me and my dad, right, and we see Bill Polian, obviously from ESPN, the GM of the Colts, or the Bills, whatever. What no, yeah, long, long resume he has. So yeah, I say not
1: whatever. Both <laughs> both of those things are accurate and he's like multiple GM of yeah. the year. No, he's he's, he's a, a fantastic hall of fame,
0: isn't he? I think he is, but anyway, he's he's wearing I'll never forget he's wearing like this bright green sweater in the middle of July. I was like what the fuck, but Interesting. Shirt. It, it seemed it, it was cool, but he, I I really appreciated him because he talked to me and my dad like we were just like one of the guys, man. It was really fucking cool, really down to earth. So anyway, the three of us are walking. I don't know how this happens. The three of us are walking. Me, and my dad, Bill Polian, and then Jim Fossil's like, "Hey, Bill," hmm? and me and my dad look around and we're like, "Holy shit, Jim Fossil, no way!" So he walks up to us and he starts talking to us like we're one of the guys with Bill Polian. Oh, this like is like he
1: thinks because you are with Bill you must be someone other I don't know than but I, I I, just
0: deep in my heart I think that he they're both that cool that they just decided and we were obviously wearing giant shit I was wearing a number 92 jersey I'm just going to see Strahan get in shrine like oh, okay so there's we let's were,
1: back that up there is no possible way that Jim Fossil mistook you guys as anything for
0: anymore. any you know we're just fans we are just fans giant fans at in the middle of fucking Ohio there's fans of everywhere there's a lot of giants a lot of bills Andre Reed also got in that year hmm and uh we actually went with my family from buffalo it was awesome we had a crew of, like 30 me and my dad were the only giants fans but it was awesome so anyway we're walking we're just walking with jim fossil and i don't even i couldn't tell i was just in awe like that these guys stopped their fucking day that they're just talking to us like i, I was like you know what i mean I, and maybe i'm just a peasant like you know what i mean I, i'm not a you know uh I was very flattered by the way they treated us, but anyway, we're walking and there's a a suburban walks by,
1: and uh, they're like, "There's
0: rumbling." I'm gonna just
1: stop you right there. I'll say something nice and say, "Yes, we're definitely peasants," but I think the reason (laughs) we take that for uh, is so uh, intently. You only hear the negative stories, and it's so easy for these people. You always hear like people dismissive of fans and things like that. So, to your point, the idea that Bill Frickin' Polian. And Jim Fossil chatted with you and your dad like you were just regular people because that's what you are uh, is not something to be understated. And I think it speaks volumes about them. But also, I guarantee you that Suburban did not walk up. So try again. Okay,
0: the Suburban pulls up and it's like it it stops for a second. But like there's a lot of people. Somebody's in there and uh, there's rumblings. Right. And uh, they're like, oh, shit. Michael Strahan's in there. Michael Strahan's in there. So Jim Fossil's like, oh. Michael's in there. You tell him Coach Fossil wants a word. So I'm like, holy shit, is this really fucking happening right now? And I see this exchange of Jim Fossil and Michael Strahan in the suburban. And they're, they're just talking. Obviously, Jim is congratulating him on his big day because he was the last speech, too. You know what I mean? Like, it was really like it was just surreal. And uh I, I, I was just so starstruck and just like in awe of like the last like five, ten minutes. It happened like so quick but so slow at the same time. The only words I could say was we love you, Michael. <laughs> Facts. And he was probably just like what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I love you too, Harry Man. Yeah. Uh but honestly that will forever
0: like honestly, like me and my dad will never forget that day or that conversation. Just like, just like the 10 minutes that that occurred, like was like the greatest, like 10 minutes of my life as a football fan. I have to say, and anybody, uh, you know, thinking about going to the pro football hall of fame, definitely go. There's people everywhere. People you recognize. They're just walking. They're just like, they're just like you. And it was fantastic. You know, rest in peace, Jim fossil. And thank you for giving me and my dad, that memory.
1: Absolutely. And that has been Disciples' Digressions. All right, all you dreamers and creamers. Let's end tonight with the fact that Christopher Spinelli just simply does not know the Giants are young. They're aggressive. They're improving. New York football. Giants. (laughs) Oh, I missed it, baby. For Berger, the Disciple, and the Shaman, I'm Matt. We're Big Blue all year. Good night.